Spartan Nation was wandering the wild like a lost Hillary Clinton in 2016. MSU trustees were shouting, Hey, this is my first rodeo. But in the fog of triumph over Illinois last night, Bill Beekman, like a ninja assassin, inked a deal. MSU has a new North Star, and his name is Mel Tucker. He's our new head football coach, and he will deliver us from the hell that's been the last eight days. We'll get into it. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another bonus pod of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who drives a midnight route on the Brinks truck to Boulder, Kevin Greck. Thank you, of course, for listening, and if we could ask you a small favor, please share this pod with the Spartans in your life. Follow us in the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod, and of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Those reviews, they make me blush every time. Kevin, what a joyous, joyous 24 hours. Yeah, dude. Uh, so the man's on campus. That, that all happened in like 48 hours or whatever. Like what a whirlwind it must be for that guy and his family. Oh, uh, so I'm not coaching uh, anymore at Colorado. We're not living here anymore. Nope. I'm getting paid a boatload more. And we're getting on a private flight today. Let's go. Everyone, we're out of here. Suit up. <laughs> we got that private jet lifestyle. Uh, no, not heading to Miami. Yeah, it's it's East Lansing. You know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, East Lansing in in mid February. That's what you want. Though the, uh, I did the, I did hear during the trustee announcement though that he's not formally hired until the fourteenth. So something to do with pay cycles. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if it's because that's the actual day of the board meeting. Although this was a you know an official board meeting too. So, uh, yeah, starting starting Friday. Currently, MSU has no head football coach. Technically, great. So. And I just saw on Twitter Ron Burton has been hired by Indiana. So, uh, one of our better assistant coaches gone. Um, Ron Burton's gone too because Terry Samuels was also gone, yep. right? Um, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, just also want to say real quick about Mel Tucker. I don't know if you saw the pictures of him coming off the plane on the tarmac, but dude looked good. Real good. Had a solid, like, charismatic finger point, like he knew somebody who was out in the crowd, you know? Mm. Real great. The little, like, eh, yeah, you and I. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, uh, folks, if you happen to be joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, this is an MSU-based uh, sports podcast uh, that tries to cover what's been going on in the past week with MSU sports, it takes a peek at things that uh, are going around in college sports, sometimes the intersection of sports and society, and of course, previews the games ahead, but you're not going to get much of that on this episode, because no. we're here, we're here, baby, to just celebrate Mel Tucker coming home <laughs> East Lansing back where it all started uh, and we're gonna talk a lot about this hire but first we uh, you know we normally give a, a long plug to our usual presenting sponsor Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor Michigan um, but it's a bonus pod so it's a quick one-liner uh, presenting sponsor Fraser's Pub Ann Arbor Michigan Packard Street great place to uh, grab a beer grab a bite we ask you all to go check them out and tell them that can't read can't write sent you 
They're great. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, so <laughs> it, this feels real weird, Kevin, because uh, I was riding a high, like a real high really? last night. MSU, in a nail-biter at the end, takes down Illinois on the road, and we're not here to talk about it. No. We're moving on. Well, well, uh, well great game. let's not move on, because we will get into it next uh, Tuesday when the pod comes out. Good point. Um, because uh, Rocket? We will relitigate last Rocket? night's game at that time. Rocket? <laughs> Rocket? Oh, my God. I could say Rocket 21 times. Yeah. Oh. Uh the man had a coming out party. Sure, he uh, just, carried that team at times. You know what? He was aptly named because he was electric. There's your pun for the day, buddy. Um, mm. But we are here mm. to talk some some Mel Tucker, some college, uh, uh, you know, Michigan State football. So uh, for those who maybe missed it, MSU has a new head football coach. His name is Mel Tucker, and he was the head football coach at uh, Colorado for one year. Uh, you want to go over some uh, some resume highlights, Greg? Uh, yeah. So I have a feeling that most of us listening to the podcast has a pretty good understanding of his background at this point. Uh, just some quick hitters. Uh, previous to Colorado, defensive coordinator under Kirby Smart at Georgia. Uh, spent some time in the NFL, which I've been hearing about from Bears fans, members of our listening audience. <laughs> uh, but previous to that, he was at Ohio State uh, as defensive backs coach. Uh, he was also the Sabins defensive back, backs coach at LSU. And as you noted, grad assistant under Nick Saban at MSU. So he's... Uh, He's been a coach for Nick Saban on three separate occasions, which I think says something, including associate head coach uh, during one of his stints at Alabama after things didn't work out with the Bears. So fairly impressive resume. And, uh, you know, one of the things that one of the benefits of jumping around is that I bet he knows just about everyone. So if there was a concern about coaching Rolodexes and Mark D'Antonio not really knowing who to call or who to bring into his program. Not, I bet this guy... Mel Tucker not, ha, does not have that problem. No. This guy's been around. This guy knows some dudes. Uh, and he's going to start making some moves here pretty quick. What was the deal, Michael Jones? Remind me. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the we're going to kind of round some things out so that it's not you know, we're not getting into the point whatever, but the gist of it is the man's getting $5 million a year over six years, um, which hmm. is uh, both high in dollar amount and long in duration. And Very long in duration. You know, it's a, a reflection of timing and a, you know, a reflection of that he was leaving a job that he had some job security in. Um, and that MSU didn't have a ton of options. But I think the piece that is most exciting about the deal for me, I, I'm fine with us, mm -hmm. you know, dumping the truck of money on him. Um, but the mm -hmm. piece that is even more exciting is the over $6 million for assistant coaches' salaries that was part of the deal. That, for those who don't know, is a giant swimming pool of money that is more money on assistant coaches than the university of michigan currently spends i'm i'm here for it. that was what indicated to me that the athletic department is serious about football 
Basically, this hiring process was, are you serious about football or are you not? There's a lot of money coming from the Big Ten Network. MSU is one of the relative halves of college football. How serious are you about winning? And these dollar amounts that they're throwing around right now, and apparently the board, totally cool with it, uh, indicates to me that they intend to compete and that, yes, Mr. Mel Tucker has a $30 million contract that he's sitting on, but that comes with the expectation that it will produce wins. So, well, I also think I, it's the, uh, I'm encouraged. Yeah, the, the other piece of it, though, about the assistant uh, salary pool that's mm-hmm. encouraging to me is that because that was negotiated by Mel Tucker, uh, that indicates to me he's serious about winning, too. That he's serious mm-hmm. about, you know, I need to be able to go out and get the best people because we're not here to, you know, maybe flirt with first uh, in the Big Ten every few years. We're here to, we're here to be the team. Um, we're gonna, yeah, we're here to compete. Yeah, we're here to go toe to toe with Ohio State because that's the team that matters in our division. Shots fired, Michigan. Yep. Uh, Indeed. Well, I mean, it's the truth. Uh, in the East, only a certain number of teams have been to the Big Ten Championship game. That, you know, that's true. Ohio State's been to four now. Is it four? That sounds right. MS, MSU's been to three. Penn State's been to one, if I'm not mistaken. How many has been Michigan that's been that. to? That's that. How many has Michigan been to? Uh, we'll have to look at the Wikipedia on that. Um, Ooh, no entry. I can't name Ooh. any of them. Oh, not good. Uh, what was, was there anything from the press conference or the announcement that jumped out to you uh, about Mel Tucker, about the program? Before we get into the potential concerns about Mel Tucker, uh, because there are a few, was there anything that really indicated or stood out to you that he said uh that he said because uh we could talk about how he said it and uh i i think anyone uh who watched that press conference may have walked away saying "Ooh, not a ton of charisma in front of the mic um i mean you you got to acknowledge it right <laughs> i mean yeah. uh press conferences are going to be very long <laughs> for the next year and you know what but i'm here i'm here as for i it. pointed out he is a second year head coach so he has not spent a lot of time in front of the press. So I would expect this to improve as things go along. Yeah, and it's a it's uh, a huge moment in his life. And I, I mean, yes. you know, if if past uh, indicators of and we'll get into his recruiting, um, you know, background in a in a bit. Um, but you know, he's a good recruiter, so he clearly has some charisma. It just may not be at a podium. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and that's okay. The in terms of the content of what was said, I a I was pleased. Um, he he seemed to make extra emphasis on uh, academics um, mm-hmm. more than I expected, and I was also intrigued by his emphasis on everyone sort of having a, a clean slate. That you know all the yeah. all the players there, you know, it, no one's no one's got a track record with them. No one has an impression that they've made, and so everyone's going to mm-hmm. get a fair shake at you know 
being the being the dude. Yeah, that stuck out to me as well. Uh, there was another point that I was going to make. Oh, he he thanked people for asking him questions during the press conference, which I thought was a very nice touch. Not only thank them, in I'd never seen that before. Thank them for assembling so quickly for the event, which I thought was incredibly kind of him, though also their job. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I mean, but yes, I, I that did stick out to me as well, you know, particularly as, you know, you will not hear a ton of disparagement of Mark D'Antonio from this podcast, um, but mm-hmm. it's fair to say that the relationship seemed to get icier with the, with the press as time went on. There's a corrosive effect to that. That's part of the, there's like a conventional wisdom in coaching that every coach has a shelf life, no matter how successful you are. I think error builds up in the machine as things go along. And uh, yeah, certainly during the end of Mark's tenure, he did not seem to have much of a, uh, he, he had a short leash with the, uh, with the media and what he was willing to, to give them. So uh, hopefully Mel opens up a little bit more. Uh, I think that would be beneficial both to the fan base and to the team to a degree. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm encouraged from what we've seen so far. Do you want to go over the what the recruiting expectations are? Because everyone keeps mentioning that. Sure. Though I, I do want to just say one other thing about the deal uh, that we don't mm-hmm. have numbers on. And, and maybe they've been reported and we just missed them. But reportedly, his deal also included substantial improvements to the strength and conditioning Uh, program at Michigan State, which, you know, is not a a shortage of what they do, right? I mean, that is a big part of being a football player at Michigan State. It's probably the bulk of your time through most of the year. So, you know, getting reinvestment in that as part of his deal is key. He has new facility upgrades coming down the pike. I mean, do we know anything about those? Because D'Antonio's made reference to them several times. No, I, I think it's still early. I mean, in Michigan State's not They're bad They're redesigning Scandalaris right now. Uh, basically, there's a porch that connected two offices, D'Antonio's office to another one, a recruiting porch that was probably underutilized. That's all getting re-transformed into additional coaching office space and a boardroom, I believe. So Scandalaris is getting a facelift already. I imagine practice facility would be the next thing yeah. up. Yep. Yep. Cause they, they're kind of practicing in the old barn that has been there probably since Mel Tucker was a grad assistant. He's probably gonna walk into that space and be like I remember the smell. Oh god. <laughs> I've been in here. <laughs> I watched the guys puke in this room. <laughs> Oh, I made that stain. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so those are coming down. It, it, TBD on uh, on details on them. But, you know, the, it sounds like the money's allotted for it uh, and it's in the planning stages. But yes, so, you know, let's actually, because I, I think it's part of the concerns about Mel Tucker, um, you know, one of them is that it he's only a one-year head coach. Everything else has been mm-hmm. as a coordinator or a defensive backs coach um you know i i would say 
in in counter to that. Well, oh, go ahead. He does have NFL head coaching experience with the Jacksonville Jaguars interim head coach. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. 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 Uh, but you know, Mel Tucker has been part of uh, you know a he's been running one side of the ball at a great number of places. Mm-hmm. That's not an insubstantial amount of the team that you are responsible for. Uh, Correct. Additionally, by all accounts, he is an amazing recruiter. In his first year at Colorado, he brought in the 35th 35th best class in the nation. That is, you may note, higher than Michigan State's most recent class. Uh, And at Colorado, which last I checked, doesn't have a recent history of being to a Rose Bowl, doesn't have a recent history of of uh, winning Big Ten championships or winning Pac-12 championships, for that matter. Being to the college football playoff. playoff. Yeah, it, I mean, so dude came in in one year, uh, really brought some guys in, and interestingly, brought them in from a variety of places. Um, he also was a big part of the number one classes at Alabama and at Georgia and a number three class at Georgia as well. The guy can hit the trail. And, uh, you know, even at Colorado made a point of saying that, you you know, you can draw up all the X's and O's you want, but you got to have playmakers on every facet of the team. And so clearly for him, you know, I actually, in the term recruiting is the lifeblood of our program. That is a direct quote. Uh, mm-hmm. He, he, he gets that bringing talent in is, is the most important part of, of a, of a program's long-term success. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything else to say about sort of the concerns of him being a one-year head coach? Uh, does that include his previous stint with Chicago, the bears? Let's yeah. Let's talk about the bears. So, uh, when Mel Tucker as a name started getting floated, we heard from a number of our Bears fans listening audience about uh, certain concerns there. And then this morning, <laughs> as I was driving to work, uh, I get a call from one of them. So I, uh, I don't have any personal history watching him with the Bears. Uh, it does seem that there is a consensus among Bear, Bears fans that he did not help the team during his time there. But at the same time, there's been an outpouring of other players and coaches vouching for him as well. So, And I'll take Nick Saban hiring someone three different times as a better vote of confidence than a bad streak at the Bears. Yeah. And you've got more autonomy as the head football coach than you do as a defensive coordinator in an NFL situation. Yeah, not only that. You don't control the personnel. Yeah, I mean, not only, yeah, is there the lack of control – but you're, you know, you are to your point fighting with a front office that um, is sometimes competent, is sometimes not, and which is why in the NFL it seems like you see guys who will hop from one job to another and have varying degrees of success, despite mm-hmm. the fact that they are good at their job or seemingly good at their job. It, yeah. So. So he uh, he has a good resume. It is not unblemished, uh, but it is encouraging, yes. I think. But speaking of the resume, one of the other concerns about him is that he is jumpy. Um, it 
it seems to me, though, that that uh, is not really a concern we should take too seriously um, for a couple reasons. One, he's young. He's 48 years old. He's he's climbing a ladder. I mean, that's, that is mm-hmm. part of the gig. Second, uh, to your point earlier, it means that he's met a few folks. Uh, his Rolodex yeah. is robust. And third, I don't know if you heard us mention the Brinks truck that they backed up over to Mel and said, hey, take as much money as you can carry. But yeah. he's getting paid enough money that for someone else to take him, they're going to have to pay him a lot of money. And and if they want to do that, it means that MSU has had quite a bit of success in the meantime. Yeah. So I, I just I the the jumpy one to me is is so resoundingly not a concern. Um but I will say, you know, for some people, uh and he's kind of getting slaughtered in the media right now uh for leaving Colorado. And I don't know that that's a sure. concern cuz uh I was more than happy to see that that cash just suffocate that program. But mm-hmm. uh You know, he did, Michigan State reached out, expressed interest. According to his press conference, he said he was interested. But Mm -hmm. this this was an answer that he fumbled over the most because someone asked him what, you know, what happened between the first go-around and the second go-around. And what he didn't say, which I think was pretty implied, or, you know, he tried really hard to just dance around the subject, was, it was so clear I wasn't your first choice. Like... (laughs) I, I have a job to do, guys. <laughs> like, I can't just screw around here for a little while and wait to see if this other guy takes it or not and leave my team in limbo. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about him, uh, you know, committing? I will take a small victory lap and say that when we talked about it uh, last week that I – I thought his recommit was much softer than everyone else's and that he's someone that yeah. we should re- touch base with again. Looks like Bill Beekman, uh, long-time, first-time caller. Uh, yeah. but Yeah, Bill loves uh, – I mean, we've been so complimentary of Bill. <laughs> you know, he's a, a close friend of the pod. So, uh, yeah, he, he he's a, a astute listener to Can't Read, Can't Write. I uh, I knew that that was going to happen no matter who was hired. Unless they hired a coordinator from somewhere, if they hired an existing head coach, they were going to get those criticisms. It was unavoidable. Luke Fickle was going to get the same flack. So it's a nature of the timing. There's nothing that can be done about that. Uh, it sounded like previous head coaching experience was highly valued by the search committee. I think Bill Beekman outlined that during his remarks in the trustees meeting this afternoon. So it's unavoidable. It also seems like something that will blow over in time. No one's going to remember that in, I mean, Colorado fans and Colorado players may, and that's fair, but uh, the general media will find something else to be upset about in due time. And, uh, if he stays for three years, four years, six years, that'll be a blip. We'll get right past it. Yep, I agree. Um, at the press conference, he, you know, kind of rolling on. He he got some uh, he got some questions about staffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your what was which your... I thought he artfully dodged. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Which, the, I mean, he just took over a, a program, so he kind of knows the, the lay of the land. Um, presumably, he's going to keep some of them, although now Burton and Samuels are gone. Yeah. Samuel? Yep. Uh, so I think those are two of the guys that perhaps would have been higher up on the list uh, to have kept, actually. Um, which is unfortunate. I, uh, I've got to assume that he's already th- working on the evaluation process, probably with defense first. Um, the Harlan Barnett question lingers. He's looking for a job right now. Where's he going to end up? Um, does Trestle end up back at defensive coordinator? Uh, what about the other, you know, defensive staff? I think it's safe to assume that a good amount of the offensive staff will be turned over, right? Yeah. I, Former coordinators, older gentlemen that coach the tight ends and offensive line. <laughs> I, I think that's probably going to be incompatible with this newer, younger, more recruiting-focused uh, staff. That, what, what do you that, think the odds are uh, Bowman has just been taking as much time in the hot tub as possible since since D'Antonio made his announcement? Just like I mean, the rumors were that Bowman was going to be one of the retirees, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just figure that you know he knew, and so he's gonna he's gonna take advantage of that access to those facilities. Hit, yeah. hit the sauna, hit hit the hot tub, maybe take a cold soak. I don't know, you know. <laughs> what a sight! <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can get a picture of that, uh, I will I will pay at least one nickel for that picture. One shiny nickel for it, for one sauna pick of uh, <laughs> good old Bowman of the old walrus, the old <laughs> football walrus. Uh, but so you know, it's it's funny. Mel is on the plane to come to East Lansing, and Twitter is a fire, a blaze with speculation about some additional coaches who might be brought brought on. Um, Mm -hmm. one in particular actually seems to be particularly well sourced. Um, and that is Vince Merrow at Kentucky, who is apparently just, uh, crushing it as a recruiter at Kentucky. Um, yeah, which may sound weird to some members of our listening audience, but that is what is being reported that this guy is quite the recruiter at Kentucky. Although, Looking at the 24-7 composite recruiting coach rankings, which I've not paid much attention to (laughs) because my team does not frequently appear on them, uh, uh, this gentleman does not tend to get ranked very high. So I don't know if he's not attributable directly to specific recruits, if he's more of a recruiting coordinator type. But um, Kentucky, if you go and you look at the players out of the state of Michigan and Ohio for the last several years... They are overrepresented, strangely represented in a way that stood out to me even a year ago, two years ago when I started seeing it for the first time. How is it that Kentucky is coming in here and taking some of these guys with MSU offers? Uh, and perhaps it's this gentleman. So it sounds like the recruit is on hard for this guy. Mel Tucker and he apparently go way back. Uh, so that would be a good first step to spending some of that $6 million, uh, you know, assistant coaching salary pool and getting a guy in here that will really shape up 
the recruiting rankings. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the process because uh, I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. I am emotionally drained. Um, I, I don't, I just, I, I, I'm tired. Um, it's, it's been a roller coaster ride. I've been hopeful. I've been sad. I've been angry. I've been angry again. I've been fire Bill Beekman. Bill Beekman's a genius uh, all over the place. So should we acknowledge that MSU melted down? It, the fan base, the administration, it melted down. Yeah, well, what in this process? What, what point point to it? Like, I mean, where where is the place that it actually melted down? Well, the fan base, uh, and I'm not just judging by Twitter and the message boards, but it it did sound like the fan base generally had lost a fair amount of uh, what should we say confidence in the process uh, just taking an informal poll of people around me, uh, not participating necessarily in MSU Twitter, which melted down even harder. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yes. Just like new levels of meltdown. Um, and I, I don't think those underlying weaknesses are gone just because Mel Tucker is here now. Uh, I think that is the thin veneer under what is, very clearly an issue. Uh, now, what, what, I can understand. What, what, I mean, what sorts of things? Well, a lack of confidence in the administration to do anything properly. And they reinforced that lack of confidence, some of them. Um, a concern, perhaps, that MSU is indeed not a program with the prestige that I think it clearly does. Uh, maybe that's me standing on my on my hill a little bit, being like, what are you guys freaking out about? This is a good gig. You know, just because a couple guys say, no, thank you, doesn't mean that has changed necessarily. Um, I, As far as the fan base goes, I mean, things were clearly on the wane at the end of last season. What proved to be Mark D'Antonio's last home game was probably attended by 17,000 people. Uh, some of that is Thanksgiving, but... And the opponent, and yeah. Things were going well. But uh, hopefully this gives that fan base a shot in the arm, rejuvenates them, not just brings in new blood into the football team itself, but also into the fan base to a degree. I remember the year after the college football playoff, uh, there were a number of people around me in Spartan Stadium for my season tickets that had never purchased season tickets before. I hope we're moving back in that direction. Those people were not back after the three and nine kind of sure, season. Sure. <laughs> so uh, I, I, uh, I knew that there was some underlying insecurity, and I think every program has that, certainly. Um, I remember the Michigan coaching searches, and those were not, um, those, those were not the most measured responses at times, but this one, the, the speed that it happened and the severity that the full meltdown happened were alarming to me. Well, yeah. So let's, um, let's talk about those underlying issues and let's start with the trustees. 
Yeah. Because um, it wasn't good, right? I, I mean, not, not... Well, all we know... Well, first off, we don't know exactly what... So the two issues that I think everyone will cite are, one, Brianna Scott reportedly wrote an email to the athletics department shortly after Mark D'Antonio uh, announced his retirement, at the very least expecting to be kept in the loop with the hiring process. And the second one is Brian Masalam going on 97 won the ticket without prepared remarks and just talking. Especially after he uh, released some statement on Twitter saying that uh, out of respect for the process, he would not be commenting on it. Yeah, uh, and, and, I'm and sure. implicitly on 97.1, badmouth Luke Fickle, who just turned us down. Yeah. Now, Brian Masalem is up for re-election this year. Uh, I don't have any insider information on this, but I think people generally expect him to uh, attempt to run again for another eight-year term. Uh, so I think... What he was probably attempting to do is rally the fan base and give them reason to be optimistic and use that as part of his campaign, something that he can point to. Oh, in this time of peril, uh, I was able to assuage the fears of the fan base. <clears throat> that is not what happened as a result. Um, he went on, he made some statements, he talked about how until the trustees meeting that happened last, was it Friday that that took place? Sounds right. Uh, that the media had more information than he did. Even if that's true, that's not something you say on the radio. And by the way, it's not your role to have all of the information. It's your role to give a general framework to the hiring committee of what you find to be access, acceptable in terms of a uh, a general outline for the contract and the commitments to be made, and then you let the committee work, and you have to trust the people that you've put in that position. Now, if they're the wrong people, and you know they're the wrong people, then you should have made that change months ago. But you didn't. You had this hiring <laughs> committee, which... Uh, not to move on to the next topic, but Bill Beekman did acknowledge was formed uh, four days, five days before uh, D'Antonio's announcement of his retirement, which sort of confirmed some rumors that were out there. Um, so, yeah, I think there are a couple things that I wouldn't have minded to have seen from the trustees. One is to, if you're going to do anything, release a statement signed by all the trustees about about what you want how you're what you want how you fully back the committee and that you know you will be kept up to date at such intervals and that's it that's the end of it and any requests from the press you point to the statement the second thing that wouldn't have bothered me is if President Stanley had gotten off the plane in Cincinnati on the recruit for their number one choice. If some of the press you know, reports are true and there were concerns with culture at MSU, something, 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 blah, 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 however you want to interpret that statement, it seems to me that having the president of the university who, 
My understanding is presidents of the university tend to be very involved with football coach searches because they are the highest paid staff member at the university. Um, Having him there probably would have been beneficial. This is the roadmap at MSU. We are acknowledging some issues that had happened in the past. These are the things that we've accomplished. These are the ways that we're moving forward. We'd really like to join you in that effort. We'd really like you to join us in that effort. Those types of things. If President Stanley is willing to spend time going to regular alumni functions, which I know he is, it seems that going on one recruiting trip to go get the top choice for head football coach probably also would have been worth his time. Yeah, I, I mean, and we don't know, but I, I, I hope he at least had a, had a phone call with Luke Fickle, um, mm-hmm. you know, and did something. You know, we we got a little uh, pushback on the airplane comment uh, that, you know, if he doesn't land it, then he's got to hop on an airplane for everybody. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what all went into, um, massaging whatever concerns maybe Mel Tucker had. But I, to your point, you, you gotta believe it, it, you would have liked to have seen uh, President Stanley be a little bit more of a, a leader in this. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I just. I would also just say about the trustees, act like you've been here before, even if you haven't. You know, the the university has a lot of stuff that is terrible right now. And it, 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 it seems like they're so busy playing politics with each other instead of just actually serving the university. And it's not all of them, mm. but there are a handful <laughs> that it just is, it's a little gross. And they they seemed like they couldn't help themselves. That it, it was, that this was a moment where they were a child in a museum and saw the do not touch sign and just had to touch it. And Yes, they had the opportunity to make, to get themselves in the spotlight and they took it. And it some of them took the opportunity. It, it, yeah, it's just it, it's childish and sad, and it compounds it, it, all the cultural things that that Luke Fickle might have been concerned about. It makes it worse, and it makes it worse when you're a little insolent child after you get turned down by a coach. So, Mel Tucker, thank you for looking past that. <laughs> yes, uh, but you also bring up Beekman still being the AD. Yes. Uh, I what, Does this redeem Bill Beekman for you? I So I will say this about Bill Beekman. If, for instance, what Brian Masalam has said is true and, and what you know, we've seen and read from, from other trustees that they were actually kind of boxed out from this whole process, mm-hmm. uh, tip of the cap then to Bill Beekman for that. And, you know, given his background, who better to know <laughs> that he shouldn't let the trustees within a mile of this? Sure. Um, uh, for background, he was formerly the trustees secretary uh, at MSU, for those listeners that aren't aware of that. So the trustees secretary works very closely, is basically the administrator for the university that works 
most closely with the individual trustees um, and does all of the roll call and the administrative work in the in the board meetings and uh, and briefs them and does those types of things. But anyway, continue. Thanks. So I so I, that piece I'm potentially impressed by. I am impressed that they they made a second effort at somebody who. You know, it's funny when we got done with the Fickle podcast last week, um, that you and I had a conversation, and I was a little bit angry that I thought that they Rooney ruled Mel Tucker, mm -hmm. and that it, I, I found that to be insulting to his accomplishments, and that uh, he he deserved a, a more worthy consideration. And even if he's not your first choice, then you don't go to him merely to check a box because that that's, that lacks foresight. And again, is insulting to him as a person, um, who is, is certainly obviously has warrants very serious consideration. So it, it seemed like they botched it big time. And so I will also yes. tip of the cap to Beekman on, making another run at it and you have to say he kept it quiet i mean this, this yeah it was you came out of kind of nowhere. unexpected and, and so, i will say this when the tools given to you in your toolbox are five point something million a year a six-year deal six million for assistant coaches i mean that is Make no mistake, that is a dollar amount that is rare in college football right now. I have little doubt that this contract may look pedestrian in three years. But right now, that is a lot of resources to be throwing around. And was it maybe a little bit easy mode to get a one-year head coach with a five and seven record? even if his the rest of his background is fairly impressive with something like that with an offer like that uh, yeah but you know i was i was just thinking about things though and and of all the names that were being tossed around and we last week or yesterday we yeah, went down the yesterday, list <laughs> oh my god yep covered all of them and uh thank you for those of you who trudged through it with us uh the but the the thing is that and, and again, I know I'm in Narduzzi stand, but we'll put him to the side for the second. Everyone else on that list, Mel Tucker would be the one I was most excited about. By, by a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the the one that uh, my brother-in-law even texted me and said, I, I can't believe you guys haven't offered Chris Creighton. And, eh. I, I just he didn't do it for me, and, and maybe we'll rue the day that 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 we didn't offer Chris Creighton or interview Chris Creighton. But it, you know, sure. The, and you know, we we are at a point where again to to go back to the refrain I usually have: hope springs eternal in Sparta, and we should be very excited right now. But honestly, he is the one who had me most excited of that list. Had the pedigree, uh, was an up-and-comer, is an up-and-comer, and there's good reason to believe, especially now that they dumped the truck of money off, that he's not going anywhere. 
Yeah. Um, I will say that was his least convincing uh, answer at his press conference, though, about how does it feel to be back? And and he, he mentioned that this was his dream job. And I'm like, I, I, I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's very happy to have this job. I think he wouldn't have taken it unless he could see himself here for a while. Like I mean, I think all of those things are true, but, but I don't think that he thought he was going to, to, to borrow a phrase, complete his circle by coming back to Michigan State all these years later. Um, so, you know, I, I just... Um, I, I, he is the one I'm most excited about, and, and there's good reason to be. And uh, fun fact that I saw um, on on Twitter, um, there mm-hmm. are now more uh, African-American head coaches in the Big Ten than there are in all of the NFL. So that's very exciting. That's great, and it's MSU second. Yes. Uh, one final thing. I, we've run out of outline here. Uh, one final thing, though. What do you... Speculate for me. What do you think D'Antonio's actual role is going to be in the Mel Tucker athletic department football team? Whatever you think. So, well, actually, so let's not table Beekman for the second uh, because. Oh, you're not done with Beekman yet? No, 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 because I I think there's an interesting question of uh, what's going to happen to Beekman. You'd ask me how, how I thought it went, and there are things that I think did not go so well. Uh, For instance, there's a good chunk of the search that did play out in the public and that's not great. And it felt like they zeroed in pretty quickly on one person and decided that's what they were going to do. And uh, come hell or high water, you know, that's what was going to be. And then it didn't happen. And so there are pieces of it that didn't go well. And then you have the trustees just making things worse. And it seemed like, they got a lot of flack. So do you think Beekman keeps his job? I would be surprised if Bill Beekman is still athletic director in a year. So to answer your question then is, I think at some point in time, Mark D'Antonio may well be an interim athletic director. Merely an interim. Mm. Never going to have that tag lifted off of them. Mm. Because... That way they can uh, give it some prestige, blah, 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 and just do a full search. A real search. The only reason why I might disagree with that is because of the structure of Bill Beekman's contract. And you have to know that. You have to have that background knowledge. He has another role built into it. So they could very easily make the announcement. Bill is going to move into back into his role on the academic side of things, whatever it is, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And we're beginning it. So he'll continue to act as athletic director in the meantime. And we will, you know, begin the search for a replacement athletic director uh, effective whenever. Um, I think that would be enough for any fundraising efforts that Bill probably has going on he should have going on um i think i think the fan base and the boosters probably got enough got their fill of bill beepin on this thing even if it did end up okay i think there there is just some terror and some some deep-seated feelings now that are just not going to go away. And I, I don't think Bill's going to escape those long-term. Do you think the fact that so much of this is 
landing squarely on him is a maybe a poor reflection on President Stanley or the just the fact that people judge you based on the fact that you might look like a goober a little bit <laughs> uh yeah for sure but i i just to your you know you kind of got me stewing on this now that that Stanley seemed quite aloof in this whole process quite hands off very hands off there were reports when he was hired that oh the, you know he's got some athletic background he knows the importance of athletics that was not demonstrated to me here. Not at all. Search. I mean, for uh, for a sport that has somewhere between thirty five and forty million dollars in profit, that's I mean, that's after they pay for themselves. That mm-hmm. you you would expect your president to be out front and center, and it would seem more like the athletic director was his agent instead of Bill Beekman going, you know rogue around the country just jet setting with the board as this like dysfunctional family that he has like it it felt very bizarre yeah i wouldn't have expected stanley to sit in every meeting and go over every cv and make those kinds of football decisions i would have expected him to be more public during this process and to have taken a slightly more active role in courting those applicants, those coaches that they knew that they wanted, whether that was fickle or whether that was Mel Tucker. I, I gotta say, you know, it, I, I don't want to get too off on a tangent. Maybe we can pick this up another time, but there are things that Stanley has done that have been impressive to me. His handling of the Wharton incident was impressive to me, but yeah. for instance, his inability to fill roles less impressive and his his not recognizing a need for leadership in something that means so much to the community and and a big part of our public facing image that being a little unplugged on it is is not a good look and is a, a bit concerning john hannah wouldn't have handled it this way we'll say that <laughs> no and that's why john hannah has a statue uh yeah so I guess, you know, last thing that I've got for you, Kevin, is I'll give you two questions here. One, what should people's expectations be for next year? And then two, what's your excitement level for Mel Tucker? Uh, I think expectations should remain the same. Whatever those were for Mark D'Antonio, you should keep those for Mel Tucker. So I think ours were like a six and six, seven and five type campaign is where we landed looking at the personnel and looking at the schedule. Does that sound, yeah, am so, I speaking for both of us there? Yeah. Somewhere between five and seven and seven and five would be a normal year. He's, if, if it's four and eight, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna burn my hair. Like it's okay. We got, we had a tough schedule next year. Indeed. Uh, and my level of excitement is, Pretty good. Pretty high. I I also don't think I would have been as excited as the rest of the fan base if Luke Fickle had taken the job. I Ooh, measured man. Yeah. I uh I might be actually a little bit more excited about Mel Tucker than Luke Fickle. I haven't figured it all out yet. I gotta I gotta sit in my feelings for a little bit <laughs> and I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, I mean What about you? I, so I completely agree. Um if if you were all doom and gloom going into next year, 
if you freak out when doom and gloom happens next year, then shame on you. Um, mm-hmm. This, I, I personally believe that there's actually some exciting talent on this team, and yeah, and you know it's sad to see you know players tweeting that they feel like they're not believed in because over here we believe in you guys. Like I think that next year is going to be exciting, no matter what the record says. Um, but keep your expectations the same. And and if there, if for some reason you think we're going to win ten games next year, I would say maybe measure your expectations. Measure <laughs> those a little bit. Uh, but so be excited for next year, but just keep yourself measured. And then um, I I'm with you. You know the the one thing that that Fickle has on that Tucker doesn't is a, a program under him. You know a, a bit of a I don't want to say a dynasty, but you know a. A, a, a tenure, ten win seasons, yeah, a, a couple of them, and so yep. and bull victories, and you know that that are his, you know that he can claim ownership completely of. But, um, he he, I keep going back to that Saban hiring you three times thing, and that to me just shouts from the rooftops of this guy's a good coach. Mm-hmm. A, a good coordinator, a good coach, a good manager of of people, someone with integrity, and and so I, honestly, I'm I'm kind of amped about it. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe it doesn't work out, but it'll be okay. And as we said earlier, the the thing that I'm most excited about is that the university demonstrated commitment to winning at the highest levels. And for that, yep. we can all really be excited because they've they've set the precedent for themselves now. You you can't you can't undo this. No. So uh, we're I'm all in on that. Agree, and it's going to give the pod plenty of football talk for the next several months, straight through spring football. Yes. So uh, we we want to say thank you to all of you, especially if you're new. You've gotten some random episodes. Um, we'll, we'll start be hopefully it, it, good things if we're following a normal schedule going forward, but, um, thanks for tuning in. And as always, Greg, go green. Go away, Jonesy. <laughs>